Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Well, good morning, Living Hope. Uh, how's everyone feeling today? Good. All right. Um, heard, I only heard two goods. I really didn't hear, well, I heard Miguel over here in the middle section, but I heard good over here, good over here, and this section was just, uh, that's all right. We'll fix it. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started this morning with our lesson. If you're able to, if you wouldn't mind standing, and we'll get right into this thing today. It's good to see everybody here today, all smiling, happy faces. It's always good. If you're looking out and nobody's smiling, no one's look happy, it uh, changes the way we feel on this side. So it, we're definitely encouraged by the smiling faces that we see out here in the crowd. So um, let's see, before we kind of get going, I just want to take the opportunity to thank Pastor Staten and Sister Valerie for this opportunity to stand before you. I do understand that um, there's a lot of weight um, when you are... Uh, on this side, and you know, there is a lot of trust that goes into someone allowing you to speak because really they don't know what you're going to say, and they trust that you're not going to say the wrong thing. And if you do say the wrong thing, they hope you don't say many wrong things. If you say many wrong things, they hope you say enough wrong things that they can come back and fix. So, my goal today <laughs> is not to say any wrong things, but if I do, in fact, say anything wrong because I am human. I hope that I do something that our pastor can come back and fix right behind me so that we'll still be all right. We'll still be in a good place. Uh, if you don't mind, grab your Bibles or your device or whatever you're going to use this morning. And if you wouldn't mind turning to Psalm 119, we're going to find ourselves in verse 9. Psalm 119, verse 9. We're actually going to read verses 9 through 16 this morning. And when you have it, can you just give me an amen? All right. Heard enough amens, made me feel confident that enough people have found it. So we're going to be together. And if you don't have it yet, I know that it will be on the screen for you. So Psalm 119, 9 through 16, right? Verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of my youth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. And finally, verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Before you're seated, if we could just raise a voice to the Lord and just ask him to add a blessing to this lesson today. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, because... You're so good to us, Lord God, and you brought us all together here safely, Lord God, in your house, Lord God. There's safety here, Lord God, and there's protection, Lord God, and there's love, Jesus. So I'm glad that we're here, Lord. I pray that whatever you do today, Lord God, I already know that it's going to be good. I know that it's going to be right and good because it comes from you, Lord. I pray that you, Lord God, will just inspire us, Lord God, to have ears to hear, Lord God, and just, Lord God, believe and trust in the word today, Lord God. I pray that we will develop a love for the word through this lesson today. I hope that you help me to convey, Lord God, appropriately and accurately the word that you've given to me on this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you. So just to build a little foundation and to give some context to what I want to speak about this morning, I wanted to share a few things about the text that we just read in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. Now, most older commentators do believe that this psalm was written by David all right, throughout the course of his life. All right, so um, all the verses in here, well, not all the verses we'll look at, but um, all the verses within the psalm, it was uh, 
compilation of, of different writings and at different points in his life that uh, possibly after his death they were put together. But there are some modern commentators that believe that it wasn't David at all. Really, it doesn't matter who wrote the psalm. All right? But for the sake of argument today, and specifically because of what I've entitled this message, I do want us to agree that David, right, we're going to say David, entitled wrote this psalm. Otherwise, the title doesn't even make sense. All right? So to help me, I went ahead and agreed with the older commentators today that David did indeed um, author uh, Psalm 119. So some of you may already know this, and if you do, that's good. If you don't, you're welcome. All right, Psalm 119, it is the longest of all the Psalms. All right, it is comprised of 176 verses. It is in the form of an, an acrostic where each 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 uh, section, 22 sections, divided eight verses. Each section is, um, coincides with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Today we'll be looking, we already did, we read 9 through 16, and that coincides with the second section, um, the letter being bet in the Hebrew language. So again, 22 sections, uh, eight verses each, so 176 verses. The text we read from, again, I already said it was the second section in, in, of the 22. Now, the general scope and design of this psalm is intended to magnify right, the importance and the value of God's word. To make it honorable so that it's able to express the benefits all right, of the word if we allow it to govern our lives. Right? There are many benefits to the word but not if we don't allow the word to govern our lives. There's just some words, all right? There's no benefit, all right? So what David intended in the psalm is to say, look, this thing's important, all right? Uh, we need to take some time and do some due diligence to, to, to put that word in us, allow it to govern our lives, all right? Put it in a uh, lofty place of um, importance, all right? Within this psalm, well, within the entire psalm, Psalm 119, there are many words, that are used to describe the word. You, you'll see law, you'll see word, you'll see judgments, testimonies, commandments, scripture, and precepts. Every time you see one of those different words, it just comes back to the same thing, word or scripture. David's just using a different word to say the same thing, to say the same thing. This section is similar right, to the other 21 sections in the sense that in this section number two, it does talk about the word in every verse. Now, in my research, I saw that they said that in every verse, there is a reference to Scripture. All right? Whether it's saying testimony, commandments, precept, law, word, it doesn't matter. Whatever they use, but in every verse, give or take a few. All right? With three to five verses, and, and you know, they were going back and forth. They couldn't really make up their mind. Again, for what we're doing, it's not that important. But the fact that if we can have 176 verses and potentially 171 of those verses somewhere reference the word means that David, again, continually was making emphasis to the importance of the word. And that's really the point that we need to bring out today. The word, it's important. The word of God is valuable. There's a necessity there for us to have it, have knowledge of it and make it a part of what we do every day. Make it a part of who we are. If we look at it in verse 9, the author, and again we're saying it's David, uh, he lets us know that the only way for us to be cleansed, to walk in purity, is that we need to take heed or we need to pay attention to the word. Uh, we can't ignore it. If we're going to be cleansed, if we're going to be uh, uh, people of, of purity, we cannot ignore the word. We cannot act like it's not a thing. Uh, we cannot bypass it in our lives. That's not an option if you want to live a pure life. Now, if you want to make some other decisions, some other choices, and follow a different path, then absolutely. All right, feel free. That's what you can do. But, but David's saying, no, 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 no. If you, want to, if, you want to, if, if you want to be pure, if you want to be cleansed, you got to pay attention to the word. There's some important things in the word. Verse 10, he lets us uh, know that, look, he sought the Lord with, with all of his heart. All right, not some of it, but it was, it was all in its entirety, all of his heart. And, and, and there was some desperation there. 
Everything I've got has got to be seeking you. Everything I've got, everything in me has got to be trying to find out all I can about all of you. I can't be halfway about this thing. I, I can't be old folks say sometimey about this thing. I got to be all the time, and it's got to be all of me all the time trying to find out about this word. He went on further in that verse 10. He says, you know, the reason I got to seek this word, right, is because I don't want to wander away from you. I don't want to go on this path over here that leads me away from you. But I'm going to seek your word so that I can make sure that I'm on the path that leads to you. I don't want to be a wanderer. But I want to be set. I want to be rooted. I want to be grounded in this thing, your word. Verse 11, uh, David says, uh, you know, I'm going to keep this word real close. I'm going to put it in a safe place. I'm going to put it in my heart. There's a reason, though, I'm going to put it there because I don't want to sin against you. If I put this thing in a safe place, if I safeguard it, if I keep it, then I know that, that, I, that the chances of me um, um, involving myself or indulging in sin is going to be greatly decreased. Because that word is going to give me some instruction. It's going to give me some um, direction. Right? It's going to give me some clarity. There's going to be some illumination there. Not because of me, but that word. Verse 12, he goes, I, I want to learn your word. He says, blessed art thou, Lord. All right, blessed art thou, Lord. You know, um, um, teach me that word. All right, teach me that word. Verse 13, David acknowledges personally declaring the judgments of God. We got to speak this word out. We got to speak this word out. You know, I can't, I can't live off what my mama said, my grandma said, my cousin said. All right? I, can't, I can't live off what they said the word said. I got to speak the word. If I want to be covered by the things that the Bible says I can be covered by, I got to speak those things over my own self and over my own life. I'm glad that other people are speaking them over my life, but I got to speak them over my own life. All right? I got to speak them over my own life. Verse 15, uh, verse 14, David says comparison here. Again, we're putting value on the word. He says, uh, you know, Earthly riches do not compare to the treasure, to the treasure of the word. It doesn't matter how, 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 how much the treasure is. If, if you're going to call it treasure, it's not $1. It's not $5. I don't know how big the treasure chest is, but if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you connect it to treasure, it means there's a whole lot of it. Mommy, if we were at home, it's a whole heap. All right, that little Jamaican coming out in me. Little Jamaican coming out this morning. But it's a lot. All right, it's, 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 it's potentially priceless. But none of my earthly riches compared to the word, and that's what David is saying here. Verse 15, David does some more reflecting as he meditates on the precepts and the commandments and the principles of the word of God. And finally, verse 16, David, the Bible says that he delights himself. He delights himself. He finds great pleasure. He finds great satisfaction in the statutes and in the laws of God. So much so that he declares, I will not forget thy word. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot forget the word. Brothers and sisters, we cannot forget the word. When we're in that rough season, we cannot forget the word. Uh, when we're in the good season, we cannot forget the word. Again, we talked about things that we can do um, uh, if we want uh, certain results. If we want good results, we can't forget the word. If we want bad results, well, we got to remember the word. We cannot forget the word. So today, I really want to draw our attention to verse 11 of Psalm 119. Text that we're probably, if not all of us, most of us, a lot of us are, are, are familiar with. And we already read it, but I'll read it again. It says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And for the next little while, next little while, I just want to talk about this morning, David's hidden agenda. David's hidden agenda. So this really got me thinking as I was preparing for this about the things that we, we hide from people. 
right? And as you can imagine, I'm, you know, researching, I'm looking at the list I found, they were quite extensive. Uh, use your imagination, I found a lot of things that people hide, and I was like, well, I'm not putting that in my lesson. All right, that doesn't belong here. All right, so I didn't put them in there. All right, uh, for the purposes this morning, I just want to name a few that I was like, all right, there should be some people under the hearing of my voice that should be able to relate to some of these things that I say. These other things, uh, thank you, but uh, no thank you. So I looked at some things, and, uh, you know, we may hide an embarrassing moment. Right? Oh, you know, probably, you know, I feel confident in saying that probably all of us have an embarrassing moment that, you know, we try to keep from people, we try to keep a secret. You know, we might even go back to, you know, high school or, you know, middle school, that thing, you know. You're glad you don't have those friends anymore so they can't bring it up, all right. You don't go back home so nobody else can bring it up, all right. Some of you avoid uh, some maybe a family reunion because of the, at a previous family reunion, yeah, there was an embarrassing moment and you don't want the family bringing it up. You don't call certain people because sometimes when you call those certain people, doesn't matter what you call them for, we're going to go back to that moment. You remember when? All right, we don't want to remember when. All right, so we may hide an embarrassing moment. All right, uh, you know, sometimes maybe we, we, we hide some debt. Made some bad decisions, got in some trouble a little bit. All right, we hide some debt. Well, Kelvin, Kelvin put his hand up. All right, you're not, you're not alone, Kelvin. All right, and he, I, Kelvin, I, I call him Kelvin, nobody else does. It's my brother. My brother, Kelvin. <laughs> and likewise, he calls me Dwayne. Well, we may share that joke one time. Maybe we're hiding something in our family history. All right, we all got uh, maybe a crazy uncle. But, uh, nobody really talks about him. Uh, we don't invite him to the reunions either. Sometimes he still find out he show up. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. It happens, all right? Maybe there's a, a phobia of uh, uh, leadership. We were talking about snakes, a lot of snakes we've been seeing lately, and um, Sister Bridget was talking about a snake that was, you know, uh, to him, he was minding his own business yesterday. All right, that's what he was doing. Uh, but to, uh, to a lot of other people, he was getting in their business. All right, he needed to go somewhere else, all right? But there's some phobias. Look, I'm not, look, I, I don't have my phobia. I'm afraid of heights. People, I was scared yesterday. I'm scared today, I'm gonna be scared tomorrow. And I'm not praying for the Lord to take that away. I wanna keep my feet grounded. Right. I'm not going on your roller coasters. I'm not going on your Ferris wheel. The last time I went on a Ferris wheel and it was at a carnival, which is scary enough, people. That's scary enough. Right. You ever see them take and put those things together and take them apart? Yeah, we could do that. And we're not qualified. We're not qualified. I've worked security at many a carnival, and uh, wow, uh, I will keep this fear, all right? Uh, last time I went on a Ferris wheel, I was in seventh grade, and I, I screamed. I screamed like a little girl. I don't want to ever relive that. I don't want to scream like that ever again. And it was a Ferris wheel, and I, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Proud of who I am. But I'm not ashamed of it. It's, I, I don't like it. I don't like heights. I don't like it. And then finally, um, something else we might hide from people, maybe something that we, we purchased. You know, we purchased it. We haven't told anybody yet, you know. Maybe it was early Christmas shopping in March, you know. And uh, soon and very soon, they'll find out about it. But right now, it's going to be my little secret. My little secret. So just some things that, that we may hide, right? And then I started thinking, you know, what are some places that people hide these things? Right, and I, I find myself in my uh, chosen career field. I, I'm searching things a lot. Sometimes I'm searching people. I'm searching places. I'm searching vehicles. And um, it's actually, there's a, there's a craft, you know, there's a skill to doing uh, appropriate searching. And I really start to think, but there's lots of places to hide things. You can hide things in a diary, in a, a journal. You can hide things in a safety deposit box, you know. Some people hide things under their bed. Some people hide things under their pillows, all right? Some people hide things in the attic. You can hide things a lot of places. There's actually a, um, a product market for everyday items with hidden compartments. 
If you bought a vehicle recently, a newer vehicle, there are natural hidden compartments in most of our newer vehicles. Sometimes you don't even know. Even when you think about it, some of you say, I don't have any. Well, you might even have a place right in the roof of your vehicle where you bring it down and they say you can put sunglasses in there. All right? There's other things you can put in there too. All right, but it's built to put sunglasses in there. Right, that's what should be going in there. All right. So there are natural hidden compartments. Sometimes it's, it's in the door. Sometimes there's things under the seat. A lot of times in the center console, you open it up, you can slide something and pull something outside. You can tuck something in there. All right. And look, lots of money being spent. They sell these items. Um, you know, a product that they make, there's a, it looks just like a, a Dasani water bottle. All right. And it looks full on the bottom. It looks full on the top. Well, you twist it good enough, it's going to pop open. And it's hollow inside, put some stuff in there. See, you, you can have a, a brush and you twist the handle off. Oh, yeah. That's hollow too. Um, some of you may, may even have this, and, and look, if you have this, no judgment, no judgment, but the, the little rocks that you put in your yard, uh, the fake rocks, yeah, some of y'all laughing because you might have it. Right? Again, no judgment, no judgment. All right, you put the key in it. You don't have no other rocks on your property. Some one rock here by your front door. <laughs> so to better hide your spare key, <laughs> maybe if you get a real rock, all right, a real rock, all right, and then you use some maybe some constructive construction adhesive tape. You you take a pill bottle and you you secure the rock to the to the cap. All right, you unscrew it. You put the key in the pill bottle. Then you tighten back down the cap. Then you bury that just so the rock is exposed. It looks real. You could maybe hide your key there. But not if you don't have any other rocks on your property. I'm going right to that one rock that doesn't ever seem to be moved by your lawnmower. All right. Um, some people may install a, a fake uh, air vent or electrical outlet in their walls or floors. They hide cash and valuables, but look, there's a lot of places that people can hide things in. A lot of, because people like to hide things, all right? And I promise you, there's a market you can sell these things and hats, belts, shoes. There's all kinds of places that you can go and, and hide things. So everywhere in my research, though, it proved to me that, that David was on the cutting edge, all right? Because, you see, in my research, um, he's the only one that hid anything in his heart. Nobody else. I didn't see them selling it on Amazon. All right, it was no eBay. It wasn't anywhere. Nobody was selling a heart that you could hide things in. David was unique in that. So I would like to point out, though, that when David said in verse 11 that I'm going to hide the word in my heart, he wasn't hiding the word. I'm sorry. Yeah, he wasn't hiding the word from someone. So I pose that he was hiding the word for someone. So in the text, you see, uh, and initially it was for himself. All right? I'm going to hide the word in my heart for me because I don't want to sin against you. All right, Lord, I don't want to sin against you, Lord, so I, that's what I'm going to do. So initially, me, I'm thinking about me. But beyond that, I believe that David desired to live out the word. All right? he, he desired to live out the word as an example to people so that he could show reverence to God. I believe that David was modeling appropriate behavior for anyone who wanted access to the word and access to God. So what kind of things are we hiding? You know, we're going to hide things that what we cherish. We're going to hide things that are precious. We're going to hide things that have value to it. That's, that's what we're hiding because what we're doing is we're safeguarding things when we're hiding them. What we hide is literally our treasure. Whether anyone else believes so or thinks so or not, what we hide, what you hide, what I hide, that's my treasure. That's what I believe is precious to me. Uh, we hide things because we want them to be preserved. We want them to be safeguarded. The word of God held substantial value to David. We've already been able to see that just in what we've read and what we've talked about. It was precious and priceless. But why the heart? Why the heart? You know, what is the significance of the heart? And I'm going to be kind of like pastor real quick. Uh, not Pastor Lee, just like pastor was on Wednesdays. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drift a little bit to the medical field. 
but I'm going to drift right back to what I know. All right, so this is all you're going to hear from me about the physical heart within our, 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 our chest cavities. All right? I'm not going to get tangled up and twisted up uh, because I'm not a doctor. I'm not in a medical profession. All right, but the heart is a muscular organ that, that it pumps life-giving blood to all the parts of the human body. Uh, the circulatory system specifically, all right, uh, um, of various blood vessels, so including your arteries, your veins, and your capillaries. This provides the oxygen and nutrients that our bodies need to survive. All right, so we need the heart. All right, the heart is vital. Without it, there is no life. All right, so the heart is vital. We need it to survive. Without it, no life. All right. But of the heart, the Bible says, specifically Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus says, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, right? adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Verse 23 says, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. And that's the heart. And that's where David said, I'm going to hide this word. All right. Before too long, we'll, we'll find out exactly why he did that. But the heart, where all these evil things proceed from, that's where David put the word. Yeah, but it wasn't by mistake. And we'll talk about it in a little bit. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, talks about the heart too. And some of you may be familiar with this verse of Scripture also. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. It's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart says, I, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doings. The answer to the question, who can know it, who could know our hearts? Well, it's, it's, it's God. It's the Lord. The Lord knows our heart. The Bible says he searches it. He, he uh, tests it. He examines it. The Lord gives us according to that which is present within us, right? Even with all the junk, and there's a lot of junk, even with all the mess and uh, equally as much mess that we carry around with us, if no one else knows, if no one else cares, Jesus knows and he cares that we are all redeemable. All those things we talked about that, that, that dwell within us, that lie within us in our hearts, Jesus said, look, I got this. I, I know your heart. I search it, I examine it, I test it. And then once I've examined your heart, searched your heart, tested your heart, I'm going to give you some good things. Because these things, yeah, I see them, but that's not who you are. That's not who you are. See, uh, sometimes I'll separate the, 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 the humanity from the spirit, uh, the spirit man from the carnal man, because there's a difference we're trying to run away from that guy. And God says, look, I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to see who you really are. Not what everybody else tried to call you. All right? I'm going to call you for what you really are, for what I know you to be. Not what everybody else sees and what everybody else calls you by the things you've done. Yeah, that's, not, that's not how I do it. That's not how I roll. He says, I'm going to give you good things. I'm going to give you good things even after I've examined you. Even after I tested you, you still deserve some good things, some good things to come your way. And that's for you, and that's for me, that's for all of us. There's none of us in here more special than the other. All right? There's none of us in here more deserving than the other. In this, we're in the same boat. In this, we have the same access to the good things of God. David hid the word in his heart because he had a certain reverence for the heart. Right, he had a special relationship with the heart, and more specifically, we'll look at it in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, uh, the heart of God. He had a reverence and a relationship for the heart of God. Acts 13, 22 says that, and when he had removed him, this is uh, 
The Apostle Paul speaking of King Saul. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. So David was seeking after the heart of God. He had, he had a desire to, 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 to be closer to God and have access to God. And God saw him and said, look, there's a, there's a guy, you know, Jesse's son. He's after my heart. And I'm going to be able to put some things in him, some good things in him, so that he can accomplish my will. And I deposit into your spirit today that that's the way we are too. That's the way God sees us right now. All right? God sees us all right now. Everybody in this room, everybody, 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 we're hungry. We're seeking. All right? There's a longing and desire. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting in these chairs right now. God sees what you're doing right now when he says, yeah, I know these people's heart. There's going to be some good things I'm going to give to them. I'm going to give them some good things. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Some of you can testify, yeah, I got some. I know you can. I look across, I see you. The little bit I know about some of you, I still know that he's giving you some good things. I don't have to know exactly what it is. I can't call it out by name. I can't speak it by name, but I know he's giving you some good things. Testimonies all across the room of the goodness of God, how God has been good to your life, to your family's life. Um, David sought after the very heart of God so that he would be equipped and enabled to fulfill his law. We, we read that. and uh, Well, fulfill his will and follow his law, statutes and his commandments. He sought after the very heart of God uh, so that he could reflect on the blessing of coming into the knowledge of God's word. There's a blessing when we come into the knowledge of God's word. There's an understanding that we're granted. You know, I didn't know I once was lost, but, but now I'm found. There's a blessing in coming into the knowledge of God's word. So that's why David's seeking, seeking the heart. Because you know what? I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so excited to be where I am right now because the little bit of knowledge I got already, I got goosebumps all over the place. What's going to come next? What's going to come next? I'm going to keep on going in this word. I'm going to continue to learn this word. I'm going to continue to just, I, I, I hit it, but I, I got to make sure it's preserved. I got to make sure it's safeguarded because something, trial, something, challenge, all right, something, distraction is going to come and it's going to do what? It's going to try to take a little bit of that word. It's going to try to disprove a little bit of that word. All right, but we don't have to let it. It's going to come, but, but we don't have to let it. It's not going to disprove anything in us. All right? Because what, what's, not going to be, what's not going to be a challenge is, is the love that we have for God. That's what's not going to be a challenge. Because right? no one can take that from us. Right? No one can take that from us. Right? They can speak all manner of things. But, but my relationship with my father, my relationship with my creator, they can't mess with that. That's locked in. That's locked in. All right? That's tested and and that's tried, and, and that's true. David's heart really was, right, it really was the safest place for the word to be. We see that in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I like the way the NIV puts it. It says, above all else. This is the most important thing. It says to guard your heart. Why? For everything good, everything good flows from it. All right? Everything good flows from it. All right? Every good thing you're going to do is going to start from there. So I need you to take care of it. I need you to be careful about what gets in it. And I want you to be diligent about what you put out of it. Because every good thing is coming from your heart. You got to guard that thing. It's the most important thing above. You don't do anything else. Guard your heart. And so if it was good for David, it's good for us also. If it worked for the king, it's going to work for you and me too. So we got to ask ourselves, is, 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 is my heart secure? Am I, am, I, am I safeguarding it the way that I've been directed to, the way that I've been commanded to, the way that I've been instructed to? 
or or is this word it's not in my heart it's uh collecting dust on a shelf or a desk in my home or look and if you're one look if this is you no judgment zone but but is that word being beat to death by the rays of the sun as it sits on your back deck of your car as you drive up and down 235. Not in your heart, but for everybody to see as they drive by, oh, guessing what color your Bible used to be. (laughs) Because it's hard to tell now. It's hard to tell now. We already read in Matthew 7, uh, 21 to 23, we already read there that of all the things that proceed, all right, from, from within, from our heart. Uh, but if case you forgot, I'm that guy, I'm going to remind you. Because some of these people out here, they're going to try to remind you too. They're going to try to call you all the things that you're not anymore. They're going to try to put all the things on you that you done left way back when. You left these things way back when with those embarrassing memories and the family reunion. All right, but they're going to still try to bring it back. But that's all right. They try as they might. But for here... Those evil thoughts, the adulteries, the fornications, the murders, the theft, the uh, covetousness, the lasciviousness, deceit, uh, an evil eye, the blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. That's what we read in Matthew, and those are the things that come out of us. And yes, that is quite a list, quite a list. So again, still, why then would the heart be a good place to hide the word? Why then would be the heart be a good place to hide the word? I submit I submit to you that the heart is indeed the perfect place, the perfect place to hide the word, simply because, well, that's where the Lord is also. He's in your heart. The God who created you, he's in your heart. The creator lives with, the creator, all right, lives within our hearts. I think it's safe to say that uh, David was onto something this morning. He didn't choose the, the heart by happenstance or, or by coincidence. All right, it was intentional. David was, was deliberate in that he, he knew what he was aiming for and he hit his mark. All right. David was the master, a master of words. He was a master of word usage. He was a master of, of, of word placement. And here in Psalm 119, verse 11, his skill and craft, I believe, is on full display. It's on full display. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, lets us know that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. All right, again, Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in, we talked about earlier, love may uh, be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ with which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with, the, with all the fullness of God. Romans chapter 5, again, we're talking about the fact that, that the creator lives within us, in our heart. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad where? Yeah, in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Further, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, now I really like this. I really like this, and it says, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son yeah, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. All right, so I like to think about it this way, like your house, your home, the place where you reside, all right? It, it's your dwelling place. And, and who knows your home better than you? I, I would hope that the answer is nobody. Right. No one should know your home, your house, your dwelling place better than you. All right. So I started thinking, I was like, okay, yeah, so we're in holy covenant with God. And I already said he dwells in our hearts. And I found three scriptures. Yeah, same thing I just said. All right, so he dwells in our hearts. And that means that he calls our hearts home. So who can know our hearts better than he? Nobody. Nobody. We already said back in Jeremiah, he searches it, he examines it, he tests it. So nobody can know our hearts better than he can. So uh, with that, um, if no one can know our, our hearts better than the creator himself, that's why David knew. Right? That's why David knew that the safest place for the word to be was in his heart. Why? Because that's where God is. Who's the greater protector of, of the things that are precious to you? 
<laughs> I can't think of nobody. I can't think of anyone who's a greater protector and keeper for the things that are precious to us than our father. And I, 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 I think that uh, maybe you guys agree with me, that there's nobody, there's no one, no entity, no thing, whatever, I don't care. Say whatever you want. Nobody. Can't do it. As Christians, we should be uh, adhering to Paul's directive. Paul gives us, direct, uh, gives us a directive in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. All right, verse 32 says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, right, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. How are we able to do these things? We're able to do these things because of the dynamic duo, all right, that is secure and safeguarded within our hearts, God and the word. That's how I'm able to do those things. That's how I'm able to pe treat people, people tenderheartedly. That's how I'm able to forgive people. All right? That's how I'm able to be kind to people because God and the word, it directs me to. So I put God and the word together. Uh, man, that's an undefeated team right there. I can't go wrong doing that. I can't go wrong doing that. We speak the word of God and, you know, remember this thing. We're made in the image of God. We reflect God every day in the way we live our lives. The proof of this is in our final heart scripture for the day. And I got to move because time is escaping, escaping me. All right, but our final heart scripture of the day, we find it in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says that, again, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Conversely, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance, for of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And I already said that uh, the title of today's lesson was uh, David's Hidden Agenda. And, and really, I haven't really talked about his hidden agenda. I uh, kept you waiting long enough. Dramatic pause over. All right. <laughs> I believe that David's hidden agenda was two things. First, David's hidden agenda was that one day you and I would see the value and importance of God's word the same way he did. That we would see how vitally important uh, it is that every day we live out God's word in our lives. That's what I believe. See, as believers, it is of the utmost importance that we understand that we need the word. Without the word, our lives will be filled with regret. It's going to be filled with tragedy. That's without the word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, by the breath of God, these things happen, right? And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, we're perfect there so that we can be complete to, and, and then we'll be equipped to do all the things that God has sent us to do. Everything. We're gonna, the, word's gonna, the word is going to allow us to be equipped with everything that we need. We're going to have all the instruction. We're going to have all the direction. We're going to have all the correction. We're going to have uh, everything that's going to take us to that righteous path. I want to take a look, a quick look right now at a man's life whose uh, life unfortunately did end in tragedy because he did not reverence the word of God. Uh, he did not reverence the word of God. He did not seek to hide the word of God in his heart, and thus his path took him further and further away from the word, right, from the truth and the presence of God. Some of you may be familiar with this man, and others of you will not be. Right? But on any account, my hope is that after hearing about this man, his story will serve as a cautionary tale uh, to all of us in this room. Right? And act as a reminder of the precious gift that God has given us through the knowledge of his word. Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller is considered one of the uh, best American plays ever produced. You see, he was adapted to film twice, once in 1951 and once in 1985. And the play occurs during the last 24 hours of Willie Loman's life. Willie is an old, failing salesman living in New York City in the late 1940s. And during the course of the play, he is eventually fired from his sales job due to underperformance. During his last 24 hours, Willie recounted several memories about his family. He remembered the times when his sales job was lucrative and he was making a great deal of money. He recounted the, the memory of, of a secret love affair 
discovered by his son Biff while working in Boston. Willie refused to admit the affair to his son, though, and instead explained that the woman in his hotel room, well, she was just a client. Uh, Biff kept his father's secret, though, but their relationship was fragmented from that point forward. Willie spent his day remembering his usefulness. He remembered being loved, helped, and respected by so many people as a traveling salesman. He remembered being the one who could close an important sale. He remembered the high commission dollars. He remembered his goal of being like his older brother, who became a diamond tycoon after a lucrative uh, discovery in Africa. Willie believed that one more sale could be his big break. Yet the big sale never came. The big break never came. Willie wanted money to affirm his worth because he could not see any intrinsic value within himself. In one final act of desperation, he remembered having a life insurance policy for $20,000. Again, this was 1940, people. $20,000. All right. Since his value was only in the money that he could make, he decided to take his own life through an intentional car wreck. His life insurance payout would become his last commission. At the final scene, death of a salesman, the Loman family is gathered around uh, Willie's casket. And uh, Biff, his son, right, makes two iconic statements regarding his father. The first is this. He had the wrong dreams. All, all wrong. The second statement he made was, Willie didn't know who he was. Now, why did Willie have the wrong dreams, and why didn't he know who he was? Simple, he, he didn't have the word. He didn't have God. He didn't have that instruction we talked about, that correction. All right, he didn't have it. All right, he didn't have the doctrine and the teaching. Without the word, Willie had no identity. It was impossible for Willie to know who he was. He looked for the meaning of life and the value in his life in all the wrong people, places, and things. When the job, money, and perceived respect and admiration were gone, Willie seemingly had nothing else to live for. The word of God helps us to avoid tragedy and hopelessness. The word of God would have revealed to Willie that what was truly profitable to him and for him, it would have showed him that, um, that what would have brought him the real joy, not the money, not the, uh, not the uh, admiration of, of, the, of, his, of his co-workers, not the big sale. Right? But sadly and tragically, without the word, Willie was not equipped, as we are, to take on the challenges the world presented to him. He didn't have, uh, again, we talked about it, the teaching, the correcting, um, and the path led him not to righteousness, but to uh, his ultimate demise. Is anyone else glad this morning, just a question, is anyone else glad this morning that uh, Willie's story does not have to be our own? And that's because of the word. We have a hope that is built on the truth of who Jesus is. You know, we're grateful people because of the word. We have a personal experience. Every single day, we can encounter. We can encounter, communicate, commune with God. And we're, we're not going to have Willie's story because we have the hope he didn't because of the word. Absolutely. We have the word, and it's God and God. We're not going to end up like Willie, all right, because that hope is everlasting. Again, it doesn't mean that there won't be challenges and, and, again, people, challenging people. But they won't take our hope away. They can't take our relationship away, right? Try as they may, they can't. They can't. But is there a David in the house? David said, I need your word. I pay attention to your word. Teach me your word. I declare it. I speak it. I look for it. I search for it. I rejoice in it. It makes me happy. I delight in your word. I take pleasure in your word while your word satisfies me. Your word satisfies me. Again, what David was doing way back when, Psalm 119, 9 through 16, he was modeling for us. He was modeling for us, if you do this, if you do this, you'll be able to write a psalm too. You'll be able to sing a song too. It'll be in your heart. And if it's there, can't nobody take it from you. Can't nobody take it from you. 
couple more pages. Feel like Trey last week. All right, a couple more pages. Got to. Right. Still, you can stand with me. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna close. Uh, not without this though. I told you the first part of David's agenda. He wanted us to hopefully understand the importance and the vitality, uh, how it, the importance and how vital God's word was for our lives. All right. But the second thing, David's second uh, part of his hidden agenda was that he wanted us to know that we can, we can overcome sin with the word. All right. He knew it was good for him. I'm going to hide your word in my heart so I can overcome sin. All right. You can do the same thing too. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 101 through 105, quickly it says, I have refrained, refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Verse 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The, the light is, is never going to illuminate the wrong way. The word is never going to illuminate the wrong path. If you're sticking the word, you can't just one day, how did I get over here? I know how. You got away from the word. Because I promise you, I promise you, the word is never going to illuminate the wrong path. This path you're on, if you're in the word, that's the path that leads to God. That's the path that leads to his righteousness. Why don't we lift a hand, uh, two if you got them, and just lift our voices to, to the Lord this morning. Jesus, I thank you for the word that you gave us this morning. God, I thank you, Jesus, for the inspired word of God. I thank you for your correction. I thank you, God, for your training, your teaching. I, I thank you for the doctrine, Jesus. I, just, I thank you for the word, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the insight. For the joy, Jesus, for the delight I have in your word, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for not leaving anything out of the word, God. But everything that I need, Lord God, I've got it. Everything to be equipped to accomplish everything, your complete, full, and entire will. I've got it, Jesus. We've got it. Everyone in this room has it, Lord God, and that's because you love us so much. You prepare us, Lord God, for every challenge, for every obstacle, for every distraction, Lord. And for that, we give you all the glory. For that, we give you all the honor. For that, we give you praise. And can we just give him a clap offering this morning? Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to